We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everybody welcome to the gaming golf podcast jeff erickson scott jenstad and jeff ritter from rotowire and morning read and si golf morning read and si golf kind of together there you get two for the price of one with jeff ritter um <laughs> how, how are you guys doing well i i two for one is gonna be my just slogan i think yeah a bargain a bargain at any price uh all is well uh still very hot in san antonio texas in case you were wondering 95 and muggy today, but doing Why did overall. I think you were in Austin for some reason? I don't know, but uh, right up the road. Uh, yeah. Austin's right up the road from here, but uh, no, San Antonio, man. Very cool. Very cool. I've been there a couple of times for Alamo Bowls uh, for when Northwestern made it there. So quite, quite nice. the scene. Yeah. Uh, but uh, hey, great times. All right. Enough about me. Let's talk about golf. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, a pretty good tournament last week, real quickly. Uh, that you know except for scott's finish but <laughs> you know all things being equal it was, it was a very entertaining tournament i happen to have harris harris english going and scotty Scheffler. they both really had a bad back now on sunday but besides that it was a it was a pretty good tournament scott i think you need to recap like what happened in the fantasy league because I know, I know people don't like hearing a lot about yeah. other people's fantasy leagues but that was i'm pretty sure that was like a historically bad beat you took yeah, so I'm in, I'm in, I'm in third place, and I was like two million dollars. We played just essentially how much earnings are, and I had three guys tied for the lead going to the 18th hole: Cameron Smith, um, Hideki Matsuyama, and Sam Burns. And the guy who's two million dollars ahead of me had Abraham Answer. So I said you had a 75 percent chance if you want to play it that way. Harris English was a shot back. Then they went to a playoff. I had two of the three, and if I had won the playoff, I would have been just about tied with Josh Ross, who's leading the league. Um, but he had Answer win, so he's still like two. It was like a two million dollar swing when you take the. You know, nine hundred thousand dollars he made more than me, and I would have had over him. So it was it was a huge swing, uh, disappointing. But I want to ask you guys a question, kind of based on that. We had a lot of uh, a lot of Harris English talk last week about, uh, or on Sunday about how Bryson's slow play really uh, affected him, and he felt like he was running the whole back nine, played really badly. I was curious with the Ryder Cup coming. What you guys, if you guys are the captain, who the heck do you pair Bryson with? Do you pair him with like 
someone mellow. Like I obviously we only know six of the guys and then six would be names. If you pair with someone like mellow, like uh, you know, maybe Webb Simpson or Daniel Berger or something like that. What the heck do you who do you put Bryson with? Because there's not many choices. Or do you just do you just lean right into it? You put him with Packer, Patrick Reed and kind of let those two just deal with it and let nobody else touch those guys. My short answer is Phil. Um, he's not, he's not going to make the team. But he may not make the team. And yeah, it, didn't really, it didn't really work last time either. But I don't really have a better – I think I think it's got to be like a mellow elder statesman. Like I guess does Xander, Xander work for that? I don't I – don't, I don't know – I mean, how much do the two guys need to like each other, I guess, is another question to be a successful pairing. Like, who are Bryson's, like, you know, friends on tour? Who's ready to kind of, like, just jump in the middle it's, of it's, it's obviously that- – it's not DJ. It's not Brooks. It's not JT. So there's, like, three guys who are fully off the page. I don't think you put them with Spieth. Yeah. So, like, I think it's Webb or you just lean into the the car crash. You put you put him and, Webb, and, him and Reed together and you have, you know, the rest of the teams don't have to deal with either guy. That sound you heard in the background was Xander crying about being paired with Bryson. Apparently, that's my, Bry- that's my Bryson drop. It's my three-year-old going down for a nap, but it also works. Like anytime we have to talk Bryson, we'll just run him by the outside the door here. Apparently, and it's not Harris that. English if he make even makes the team. I mean, yeah, I, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna make it. I think if you go right now, he'll be one of the six captains. Basically, he's like eighth in points right now. I think you well, have to take him. Well, that's the thing, but I mean, it just I hated seeing that collapse though, yeah. and 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 him come out and saying, "Well, that affected me." Well. There's lots of things that will affect you at the Ryder Cup, whether it's slow play, whether it's crowds cheering against you, you name it. It's it's a tough gig, you know, and you know, it's a tough spot. And Jeff Ritter is probably a better guy to answer this. Like, would, do you think they'd ever actually penalize the final group? Like, should English have just kind of chilled and played his game? Are they ever actually going to penalize that final group in a, in a big tournament like that? No. Okay. No, they're not. And that's they a, would have by now. Answer. I mean, yeah. it, just, it just it just isn't going to happen. Is he a 16 year old from Taipei? No. Then <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> exactly right. Like on national TV, there's no way you're taking a stroke from Bryson and the guy playing with. Just, I just don't think they would do it. Yeah. Um, if, if the LPGA, they'd be tough. They're they're they actually do assign penalties, but uh, PGA not so much. So I, I tend to think they wouldn't have. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting question there, and I'm looking forward to more Ryder Cup talk. We will do a Ryder Cup episode. Um, I think we should, you know, definitely do that. Uh, you know, even talking about the composition of the team and who who are the good choices, bad choices, and all that. Jeff, do you know does Bryson have friends on the tour? I mean, I don't know. I was actually kind of like I was scanning my the mental Rolodex, like who does it other than Phil, who, you know, they did the match together and they're, you know, mm-hmm. they're friends. I really don't, I'm sure he does, but I don't know. I don't know who they are off the I top of my head. That will, it, it that will did, take some reconnaissance work in the lead up to whistling straights. And it didn't really seem to me like Phil really liked him during the match anyway. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> they're, you know, he brought him into the thing. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he was, you know, instrumental in Bryson's uh, spot. So I don't know. I don't know who the right guy is for Bryson, though. That's a very good question. He's like, that was the big question with Reed last time, right? It was like, oh, if he's breaking up with Jordan Speed, what do you do with him now? Now this time, right. this time it's going to be Bryson, and you still have Reed. So, <laughs> I, I uh, assume I assume we think that Reed has probably been told he's made the team. That's why he backed out because he he was trying to get in the Ryder Cup by playing a lot. Um, I assume someone must have told him you're good, and he, he with his withdrawal this week, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah. And that's a good segue to start talking about this week's tournament at the Wyndham. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people scrambling for spots, a lot of people trying to make the top 130, a lot of people trying to, you know, get into 30 also, you know, get into, a, you know, get at the top end too. Uh, people trying to scramble to keep their card. Uh, there's all sorts of wild stuff going on this week. 
We are we are top twenty five, one twenty five, not one thirty, right? One twenty five. Okay. I'm sorry. This is I. I picked up someone that's right at one twenty five, so I hope I didn't mess that up. I'm, are, are, we're being banned. I'm going to be banned for misinformation again. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, do, all you right. guys, do you guys like someone that has to like play well to get in? Do you worry that that's too much pressure? Like, how do you feel about these guys, like one twenty to one thirty five or so? Like, are you are you targeting them in in fantasy? How do you guys feel about these guys that really the pressure's on here? So I was looking and to make a pickup for this week because Bezuidenheit's not able to play in this. So I had a free spot and I wanted to get an extra golfer this week. What I was looking for was guys that were at least on decent recent form. You may maybe surging. So if they could be 140 but surging, great. You know, there, there's a guy I think that's like 55, but uh, Hudson Swafford who's available, but he's been playing horribly and he's basically in. Uh, on the basis of two Punta Cana tournaments there, that that's why he's in there. Uh, I didn't want any part of him because uh, I just looked at oh, He's playing terribly. So I, I, recent form mattered to me a lot. I, I did the same when I made my, when I made my pickup. I had a, I dropped Burton, burned Viesberger, same kind of thing. Won't be in the playoff and all that. So it's uh, it, it's interesting. It's uh, I, I think I like guys that are right in the line mostly because on Sunday, if they're like, you know, nine strokes back, you're not mailing in that back nine, you're really grinding that back nine. I think that's, I think that's kind of where it matters rather than if a guy's in the leaderboard is obviously trying to win anyway, but these guys like finishing off on Sunday, they're in, you know, 42nd place. I like someone who's like really every stroke matters. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, these guys, they play so many tournaments, but now for, for a select group, this is like the Super Bowl. This is win or go home. Yep. I like that too, but I, I agree. I agree with what you said, Jeff, like recent four matters and, Swafford's, you said he's 55th and or something like that. I, yeah, I don't have the exact I mean, he's, he's not even on the line. There. He doesn't he doesn't need it this week anyway. But I, I like kind of playing around or checking out that 125 line. Who needs it? Who's playing well? I think that's a good I think that could be a cheat code for this week. Yeah, I went top good. down at first. I was like, okay, who's at the top? Who you know, who's the top available guy at Swafford? Okay. Oh, then like, oh. No, oh. uh, no, no misinformation there. He's exactly 55. So you nailed that one. Yeah. And that, and he just, and like his like stroke gain, you know, was really horrible too. Like all of his performance stats were terrible. It's like, uh, okay. He just won a couple. He, he, he was first. And I think either a second or third in, uh, in, in these off tournaments. And you're like, okay, you know, that's how he got in. And, and uh, there's no one. I, I want someone that actually has a chance at catching something when we get into the playoffs too. So that was the other reason. So I kind of went away from him. All right, let's look at this this week's field. Uh, we, we got the dynamics going on. It's not a long course means you don't have to be a bomber to win. You don't have to take your clothes off to have a good time. Uh, all that sort of, you know, very topical musical reference as always. Uh, and the, the five digit range, no more read. We have Matsuyama at 11, or 11,000. Louie at 10-7. Bless Louie. He's playing every week. I love him. Webb Simpson at 10-6. Will Z at 10-3. And Kokrak at 10,000. Not a lot of your usual names at five digits. Jeff, what, what's your take from this group? Well, I mean, Louie is tempting until he stops finish, finishing second. He seems to be paying off most weeks, even at these high prices. So it's tempting to continue to, you know, just hop on the magic carpet ride. Webb Simpson's all-time leader, money leader in this event. Uh, he's only won it once, but he just tends to linger around. So those are the two where um, – those are my two favorite picks off the tier. But I'd also be okay just kind of building from the 9,000s down. 
It's interesting. I actually want to talk about this tier for a second. I think that Louis my favorite, so I'm just going to say that at 10-7. I just think that, you know, last seven events, five top eights, all in the top 20. Um, I like that he didn't play in the Olympics, so he doesn't have – like a lot of these guys, he's playing playing a lot, but didn't play in the Olympics. And I, he played last week, and he finished 17th. But the interesting thing to me is is Webb and Will Z. I think Webb is going to be easily the most popular guy this week. You're going to, you're, every, yeah. every article you read or podcast you listen to the media, six top six in the last seven years. His worst finish is third place his last four starts. Um, so him and Will Z are kind of the same. They're both – not playing especially great uh, recently, but did both play well last week. Uh, Will was uh, eighth at the WGC. Uh, Webb was 15th. Um, both guys that, you know, really hit the irons well, and you want that proximity this week because you have smaller greens. Um, you know, the driving distance is not quite as big a deal. Um, I just think that I'm going to go game theory here. I think I'm going to go Will Z at 10-3 over Webb because I think he, they're very similar right now in terms of how they're playing, how their games line up. But I think Will Z will be a um, one third to maybe between one third and a half as much owned. And I think, I think Webb's going to be so popular that I think when I have two guys this close, I'm just going to go with the, the least popular one and ride there. All right. Very good. Um, any, and are we fading anybody in this group? We haven't mentioned Kokrak. We haven't really mentioned Decky yet. Any thoughts to those guys? You, you guys know I love Hideki. I just I really worry a little bit about you know Olympics in Japan contended. Then last week contended. I just wonder he's playing so well right now. I mean he lost strokes putting last week and finished in a, and lost in a playoff. In the playoff, a, yep. That'll tell you how well he's hitting the ball. He gained eight point nine strokes in approach last week, which is an absurd and burned effort. an edge on that first playoff hole. Too. I thought I thought I thought that one was in. Um, yeah, I just yeah. wonder if maybe this is a, a tournament too much right now. An eleven thousand. Um, I'm probably willing to, uh, to to let it pass this week. All right. Let's move to the $9,000 tier. Uh, Brian Harmon, 99. Tommy Fleetwood, 97. Sung JM, 96. Russell Henley, 94. Matthew Wolf, 93. Adam Scott, 92. It's interesting. Siwoo Kim at 91. Bubba Watson at 9,000. Scott, we'll start with you this time. Uh, what catches your eye in this tier? Uh, catches my eye. I don't love this tier. I think I like the top, uh, top tier a little bit more and then uh, maybe getting down the sevens. But the guy that I do really like here, a guy that I'm betting to win this week is Russell Henley at 9,400. Uh, missed the cut at the Open Championship, but three straight te- three straight top 20s prior to that. Um, his last three weeks on uh, on shots gained approach, 6.3, 3.3, 6.9, hitting the ball well, uh, hitting it close. Um, really good TD win last week. So I think he's playing well. I think this course fits well for him. I think he's got a chance to contend and maybe win this week. And at 9,400, I'm all over that one. Even when he missed the cup at the uh, missed the cut at the Open Championship, he didn't play poorly. It was 72 no, and 70. I mean, yeah. it was just just off. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jeff Ritter, what say you? I like that Henley pick a lot. Um, I, do I too. circled Adam Scott as like I didn't really circle it. More like put a question mark around it of like, <laughs> what is Adam Scott doing lately that? Yeah. He is making cuts, but he's he's managing to make money without ever hitting a leaderboard. You know, he seems to be just kind of trawling along in thirty third place. Right. I, I don't know. I want to see a little bit more. This this certainly, uh, I like Adam Scott a lot, but he doesn't fit the bill of the desperate golfer who really needs it this week. You know, if, if that's your profile. But he does uh, though. He's like he's right at that line. Adam Scott's life is just fine if he <laughs> yeah, doesn't. If he goes, if he gets an early start to surf season, uh, he, he's good. Um, I mean, do you, guys, do you guys do you guys know when Adam Scott's last ten top ten on tour was? No, it's like no. it's not this season because I have him on my it's, roster. It's uh, it's the Genesis. He won it in February of 2020. Wow. Oh, I guess he had he had he had a tied for top ten in at the Farmers this year. So that's uh, but his last single digit finish was Genesis in 2020. He had a top ten. He had a tenth at Farmers, but other than that, he's just 
kind of lingers. He's got a couple top 20s in there, but at 90, 90, what is he, 9,200, 9,400? Um, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like he's contending right now. I'd say his touch around the greens is invisible. <laughs> Sorry, in Genesis. I, that was like uh, an old school music yeah. reference and tying in the Genesis he won. That was pretty good. That was, that was good. That was nuanced. Uh, I'm surprised worked, worked Scott, really hard for it, though. I'm surprised Scott didn't mention uh, Sung J.M. Uh, is one of his favorite of the summer. I love love Sungjae. He's just not playing fantastically well right now. It's just kind of a little inconsistent. Uh, I just, I don't know. I like like Hanley more. Before we move on to the uh, $8,000 tier that we may or may not like better, a quick note from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Thank you for that quick note. All right. Um, let's talk a little bit about this next tier. Bobby Mack, 89. Sean Anna, 88. Gary Woodland, 87. Ricky Fowler, 86. Seamus Power, 85, Kevin Kisner, 84, Kevin Streelman, 83, Sebastian Munoz, 82, Charles Schwartzel, 81, Justin Rose, something, something, ice cream joke, 8,000, Eric Van Ruyen, fresh off off a victory, 8,000. All right, guys. uh, Scott, we'll go with you first here. Kind of a weird range in here, too. You got some guys who are playing well, and you guys look at their name value. I think I'm just going to ride the hot hand in here and go with, with Seamus Power. Six straight top 20s, uh, four top 10s in there, nine straight made cuts. Um, he's gained tee to green and approach in seven straight weeks. He coming off a win in July at the Barbasol. Um, I'm just going to go recent form here, just hitting the ball really well. If I got to take a second guy, 
I think kind of recent form also, I'd probably ride with Charles Schwartzel at, uh, at 8,100. Um, I know he kind of rode the heavy putting week to, to finish second at 3M, but you know, three state, three straight uh, top 30s, hitting the ball pretty well. Um, I like power a little bit more, but uh, power and Schwartzel, I think, are my two guys in here. I wish I could go with Ricky Fowler, but I just can't do it. Well, we're aligned on power. He was one of my one of my guys. I think he's been playing really well this summer. Has the win. Uh, feels underpriced, even in this kind of this softer field. I like him a lot, and he's going to be tempting in my one and done pool. My one and done pick later. Um, you wonder though about a guy who's you know it's kind of come up out of nowhere. They're really going to win two PGA Tour events in such a short amount of time. I don't know, but I, I like him a lot for for DraftKings FanDuel game. So. Here's my first pick, Bobby Mack. I mean, Bobby McIntyre just got into this thing. He needs to finish T7 to advance. So I, I like that not only there's a very specific carrot dangling in front of him and it's a it's out there. You know, it's within reach, but it will require a lot. Uh, so that was my sort of beware the desperate golfer uh, pick off of this tier. And I also like Kevin Kisner. He was third last year in this event. I just like I like this kind of course setup for a guy like Kisner where – it's par 70. It's not that long. It's still a birdie fest. You know, it's going to, I think the average score is like 68 last year or something like that per round. So it's still going to be one of those, how low can you go type of tournaments, but it's reachable for a guy like Kisner. It's an aggressive player. I like him this week too. Kisner really make three eights last, uh, last tournament. That was crazy. Uh, I can believe it because he's on my team. And <laughs> by the way, guys here, he's I'm, aggressive. He's aggressive. Yeah. I, I, I like I like this him. course for him, but like that yeah. was the three eights was I mean, you don't see a Roga do that very often. <laughs> so here's a little lesson: when you say I can't believe I got X at the auction for price you think is low, chances are you got a lemon. That that's all I'm gonna say. It's like I can't believe I got Kisner for only ten or whatever it was. Yeah, he qualifies for everything, but then he does jack there. I mean, he he every once in a while he'll have a decent like third or fifth place showing when, but when. It's like when you least expect it, and it's never at a, at a big tournament. Anyhow, just that aside. Moving on. Uh, okay, so uh, anybody else there at this level, or are we ready to move on? Do you guys do you guys like Ricky at all? I mean, he's got he has to do really well to get in. I think he's one hundred and thirty first right now. I just the play is so inconsistent, but uh, I it's weird, crazy to think he might not be top one twenty five. Yeah, I'm not a big has to has to do well sort of guy. Okay. I, I just think that you know. It, it, it's something to seize upon. It's a great narrative, but I don't think it translates into results that often. Sometimes you get revenge games in football or whatever, or you get that motivational factor. Sometimes it works. Steve Smith's over there, like crowing on uh, his ex team and all that. But for the most part, I just don't see that happening that often. But Ricky's another one. I mean, guys, Ricky Fowler's life is just fine. If he yeah. <laughs> doesn't make these FedEx playoffs, True. there's the, that's the difference. Like, you know, like, Adam Scott and Ricky, yeah, they needed to advance, but and they're they're both also qualified for the tour next year too. Obviously, they're you're not, not fighting, not fight, fighting for a tour card like some of these guys yeah. are, which is yeah. your livelihood right there. Yes, exactly. I think that's a huge point. Uh, let's let's move on to the next tier, uh, the seven thousands. It's copious. Uh, let's. Just, I'm, I'm not going to list all of them. We'll just break it down here. If you want to break it in the, do you guys want to do half and half on this Ian, like we usually do with the big tier, or do we just hit the seven thousands? Let's just hit the seven thousands. Screw that, Jeff Ritter, you're first. Uh, let me start with uh, Slovakian hero Rory Sabatini. It's <laughs> uh, a low price for guys riding high off. Of, I mean, I know it's you know it's a long trip back from Tokyo, but 
what the heck? What did right? he take two I, weeks to get back? 7,300 7, is a good price for a guy who's off one of the biggest moments of his career. Uh, also flagged Brant Snedeker. Uh, not a consistent season for him, but um, he's got a couple top 20s the last three weeks, two out of three, and he plays well at this course. So um, Snedeker jumped out at me. And then also circle, I dropped a bullseye on number 125. Scott, I think you did the same thing. Bo Hogue. Yep. Uh, playing well has come up on this show before. And I just thought my eye just, I went to the 125 and my eyes started right there. When I started looking at this term, I thought, well, there's a guy that we know is playing well, sitting right on the line uh, for advancing the next week. I like that too. So, and then the lastly, mandatory mention, Sepp Straka, Austrian Matt Kuchar, uh, <laughs> 7,100, a good price. Uh, round one, round one leader at the Olympics. I thought he might Matt Kuchar his way into bronze medal. Uh, at the end of it, like Kuchar did in Rio. He peaked too soon. Yeah. Too early. He's still, you know, dialing it in. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's had a good summer. So at 7,100, that, that's a great price for someone that uh, has flashed on leaderboards throughout the summer. So those are my guys in the 7,000s. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm on Bo Hogue this week. Also uh, gained Tita Green and approach the last four weeks, two of them really heavily. So playing really well, back-to-back top 20s, 7,100 right on that uh, 125 cut line. I do like uh, Bo this week. I picked him up in our league, uh, so that's why Jeff was noting that I liked him too. Uh, but I'm going to go back to a couple of guys who have really been treating uh, us well. I'm going to go yeah. back with uh, Johnny Vegas at 7,800. Um, I know we like Vegas on Bombers courses a little bit more, but he's playing really well. Eight straight cuts made, uh, two top twos in the last four tournaments prior to Olympics where he played pretty well too. Um, big TD green games the last four weeks on last four on approach have been really good too. And he's still 7,800. Like I like him more than a lot of guys in the eight thousands right now. He's just playing well and give me some recent form. And I know it's not a bomber's course, but I'll still take the form. And then uh, Mito Pereira again, 7,900 is he's moved up from when we first brought him up at the 6,100 range coming off the corn ferry tour, but you know, 30th at Barracuda then sixth, then fifth and T five at the Olympics, just Playing really good golf. Didn't play well last week at the uh, at the where or, or Barracuda. I think he played. He was thirtieth. That's what I said. Uh, but gained tee to green, gained approach, gained off the tee in the last three weeks. I just think he's a really good player. I don't know if the the wins coming. It's tough to ask for a win. But at seven hundred, I think he's in contention. I think he makes the cut. And it's an important note on a birdie fest like this. You really need that six to six this week because you got some weeks you can get through five to six like the U.S. Open. You're like, well, that guy wasn't going to score that many points anyway. But like. Your fifth and sixth guys this week are making birdies on the weekend. They're scoring a lot of points. So getting guys through the cut is really – it's always really important, but it's even more important on a birdie fest. You, you can't have a five or six and, and really compete anywhere. What are going to be the most popular guys in this group? Is there any, like, high profile – not high profile, but the popular guy that we should maybe fade? Is there anybody in this group? Well, certainly in, in Slovakian leagues, I got to think <laughs> Roris Davitini is like, you know. You, you, don't, you, you really like that, don't you? That's awesome. I just, I do. It's not good. <laughs> was there a parade for him in Slovakia? I have so many questions. Was there like a, is there like a Jimmy Fallon show in Slovakia that he could have <laughs> popped in on and, you know, taken his national victory lap? I have many questions. Uh, I don't know. I think out of this tier, Johnny Vegas is a good one that I think could be highly owned. I mean, he's a popular guy and. Uh, that does seem like a bargain price for it. You know, he's, he's just one of those guys that gets noticed when he's playing well, he's charismatic, he's won before. And um, I can see him being popular. Yeah. I think Vegas will be popular. I also do also think that Hank Lebiota will be very popular. He's off yeah. three straight top tens. I know he, he withdrew from the three M after making the cup, but it was not an injury. His father was actually ill. So it was not something he was hurt. Um, I think he's a fade for me just based on the fact that those three top tens were so heavily weighted on his putting. I mean, he gained five five or more strokes in putting in all three of those tournaments, which, you know, you like a guy with a hot putter, but I just 
couple weeks off now. Um, you know, the, the shot gain stuff is pretty good, but the putting stuff is so good that I think at a high percentage, uh, I'm willing to go away from Lebiota this week at 7,600. That makes sense. That makes sense. I think in our season long league, I was trying to pick him up. Oh, wait, he's gone. Long gone. What was I thinking? But uh, anyways, all right, let's let's go uh, dumpster diving. Anybody in the six thousand range you guys liked uh, to balance oh, yeah. out? If you want to go, Will Z. Oh yeah, I like oh, it. Yeah. This is a good. Oh. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm going. I like the six thousands. I like the low six thousands too. But I'll let Jeff go first. I got one off the low six thousands, and then I'll turn it over to Scott. Uh, Austin Eckroat, four time yep. All American at the at Oklahoma State. Four time All four times. You're one of the top players in college golf. There are always college golfers who get out on tour in the summer after they graduate and figure it out kind of on the fly. He's quietly made five of seven cuts across the Corn Ferry and PGA Tours at 6,400. All you want is a made cut. Uh, I like his chances. It's funny you mentioned the college guys. I think we don't realize just how awesome that uh, that Morikawa, Hovland, Wolf, like them all coming off at the same time was. That was they just like literally yeah. rolled on tour and started winning tournaments. It was such an awesome, awesome fall when they came out and started winning. It was, uh, and Scheffler was a rookie that year. Although I don't think he followed the same path as those guys. But I mean, talk about God, you know, just a great infusion of talent in one season. Really uh, is. Yeah. So Acro, yeah, yeah I, I you know I, I like him too. Uh, Scott, who are your guys in this group? So in the top of the 6,000s, I think if you want to go kind of like try and make a cut, I think Brian Stewart is interesting at 6,900. He's off three straight top 20s, did miss the cut at Barracuda last week. So I have three straight top 20s of like where we have the shot gain numbers, obviously the weird scoring last week, uh, we have that. But, um, you know, gain T agreeing approach last three weeks. But for the guys I really like here, I'm going to drop down a little bit lower. The first one is... Uh, Cameron Percy down at 6,300 uh, made five straight cuts plus made a uh, Barracuda last week. Uh, he put, played terribly on the weekend, but made the cut. Uh, but in this field, in the last 24 rounds, he's fifth in the field in shot gains approach, 18th in ball striking. He's gained TD grand approach the last three weeks. Two of them really heavily uh, finished top 45 the last four weeks. And it finished 11th at John Deere. So I think Percy is very playable in 6,300. That can get you a lot of stuff in up top. And then, the last one's tough. It's a guy who cannot putt, cannot play around the green, but can absolutely crush the ball, ball striking-wise, is Michael Gellerman, all the way at the bottom at 6,000. You take this field and you just go on shot gains approach over the last 24 rounds. He's third in the entire field. I think it's Hideki, Louie, and then Gellerman. It's, it's so funny. If you see 11,000, 1070, you see 6,000. Uh, he's fourth in ball striking in this field over the last 24 rounds. Uh, he's gained on shot gain approach the last five weeks. Four of those five gained more than four shots on, on approach, so he's hitting the ball really well. He's a horrible putter. He he could just putt average. I think he's a guy that can be, a, you know, a guy that can make the top 20, top 25. I know he played badly last week at Barracuda, didn't make the cut, but he gained 8.7 shots in approach at the 3M. Like, he's a guy that just hits the ball really well. Short irons, 50 to 200 yards are really important here. You have a lot of shots in that range. There's only three whole par fours on this, on this course that are over 450 yards. You have a lot of shots in that, like, 100 to 150 range. And Gellerman's a guy that does well there, just striking the ball well at 6,000. I think he's really worth a shot. Is he like Nothing. the off-brand Morikawa? Is he like the same pro- player profile, but like in let's the generic go, Let's style? go very, very off-brand. But yeah, like same kind of skill set, obviously a, a much lower level, but it, it does line up. And just, he, it, believe it or not, he actually puts even worse than Morikawa does. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you talked him up earlier this year and rewarded yeah, he, you with a couple of really hot rounds. Yeah, I think he, uh, he finished like 17th that week at, at a really yeah. cheap price. So I just, I don't know, you're going to give me a goal, guy that cheap that's hitting the ball that well. I maybe just hope he puts sort of below average and he, he may makes a cut and maybe you finish a top 30 and that's super valuable at the price 
Got to give a courtesy mention to our defending champ of this tournament. Jim Herman is in this range at 6,900 6, 6, also. Recent form is pretty awful, though. I don't expect him to repeat or any, be, you know, it's awfully difficult to repeat anyways. You know, nearly impossible if you're not an elite player. Um, I, I don't expect much out of him this week. Do you guys? You know, I did. He has a bunch of like top 20, top 30s in the last month or so. But uh, I think if you're going to play Jim Herman, I think you play like a first round leader kind of thing on him because he got mm-hmm. really sparks and then kind of falls back. But I like him to, you know, maybe have a good round or two, but I'm not, I'm not going back to the well at 600. I, I'd play, I'd play Stewart over him. I'd play, uh, I'd play Heinrich Norlander at 6,200 ahead of him too. I think that he's uh, made five straight cuts playing pretty well. He's fifth at, uh, fifth at Barbasol. He was, uh, he was really good at, uh, at the, the last couple tournaments. He gained a bunch of shots on approach. So, I'd probably look elsewhere, but yeah, I mean, in course, uh, course form uh, works well, I guess, if you can go from last year. For sure, for sure. All right, well, that kind of teases uh, the betting sheet. Let's let's jump right into that. We're uh, we'll have to do this a little. Well, we'll we'll get it done. Uh, Jeff, let's start with you and your betting sheet. Uh, Seamus Power forty to one. Please and thank you. Uh, I will take a shot, even though, like I said earlier, I think it's it's hard to win twice on tour when you you know he's just kind of having his breakthrough this summer. Uh, Bobby Mack, 50 to one. Mm-hmm. Why not? I'm in, I'm in for that. I kind of like, I kind of just like staying in that range this week. Uh, I mean, Jim Herman last year, what was he? He was probably a hundred to one shot. I bet. Um, it just feels like the top of the board, as we said, I mean, Louis you kind of expect is going to be there cause he's just always there right now. But otherwise this feels like a week to kind of just drop down a tier or two and, uh, and take some shots. I like, I like Schwartzel also, Scott mentioned him earlier as someone on his list, 50 to one, that feels like a value. And then I'm looking at Mito Pereira. I forgot to mention him in the rundown, but he was one of my sneaky fantasy pickups in our league. After we talked about him three or four weeks in a row, I thought well, one of us needs to pick this guy up. Uh, I think I'd play him at six sixty to one feels a little, those are shorter odds than I would have liked, but, um, I'm in. I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm going kind of down the board. I'm going to play a couple of guys in the 30 range and a bunch of uh, guys in the middle and then a couple real bombers. But I think I'm going to go Will Z at 28 to one. I think he's such a good player in this field. Like I know that he's, the form hasn't been great, but I feel like maybe last week was the start of something. And I'm going to try and maybe get the start of that wave rather than waiting for him to play well. Uh, Russell Henley, I'm definitely betting at 30 to one. And he's got a really good chance to win this tournament. Uh, I'm with you on power and Mito at 45 and 65 to one. I'm also going to throw Johnny Vegas in there at 60 to one. So I'm kind of all playing mid-range guys here. Let me play some more guys, uh, you know, that you don't need the, you can play a couple more guys if you don't have anybody at the top. And then for a couple of bucks in the back, I'm going to go Bo Hogan, 150 to one, just for about three or five bucks there for a big winner. And I got to throw two or three bucks on Michael Gellerman at 400 to one right now. Yeah. If he's like, if he's like in the mix on Saturday, I would, uh, I would not forgive myself if I hadn't thrown $3 on him at 400 to one. So I'm going to do that just for a little bit of fun. And uh, you know, we've been, uh, we've had some winners in there. So I'm going to spend a little bit of that money on, on a couple of bombers here, but mostly I'm playing those, uh, those guys in the middle that I mentioned and uh, kind of going heavier on them. All right. Well, let's close out with uh, one and done picks. Uh, we'll go Scott first. Let's go you first, Jeff. Who are you taking before I forget? Okay. So I thought that everyone would be all over Louie or Webb. So I decided to be something a little different. I'm going Russell Henley. And then you're like, oh, I picked him to win. Oh, great. So I'm not the only one. But Russell Henley is the guy I went with this week. 
I've actually used Russell Henley, believe it or not. I don't know when I did, but apparently he's grayed out on my sheet here. I'm going to go <laughs> Louie with the thought that I think by now almost everybody's played him. I know that he's popular this week, and he'll be popular in DraftKings, but I don't think one and done will be that popular. So I think everybody's used him, and I still have him. I got enough guys for the next three weeks here that uh, I'm going to go. Do we play the the final top 30 tournament or no in, in one and done? I don't <laughs> think we play the 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 tournament final. champions. Okay. But if we do, I, I've got Louie. I'm going to use him one of the next two weeks, probably. Okay. Way yeah, I, I think it. I'm. I think I'm going to use him this week. I thought about Webb, but I think he will be very popular. Anybody who hasn't used Webb is probably going to unload on him this week. And he's just in his recent form is just yeah. eh. So yeah. I'm not very really eager to use him, anyways. Jeff, what say you? I don't have Webb. I don't have Louie. I'm in 39th place out of 43. <laughs> <laughs> We got to make something happen in this pool. My fantasy team is doing much better. Mito, I'm Mito, gonna go Mito. Mito. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna just try to catch lightning in the bottle, and uh, I, I gotta think I'm gonna be the only one in the pool, unless one of you guys take him or or. I couldn't now. I wouldn't do league, that. I devoted listeners to the gaming golf podcast, then I may not be alone. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the button right now, live on streaming on Mito as my one and done pick, and uh, I'll let the it. chips fall. I love it. We're all betting Mito. It's going to be if Mito wins one of these tournaments, it's going to be a big party. It's going to be fun. Yeah, well, it'll be the best gaming golf episode <laughs> ever. They'll be kind, straight, you know, teaming by the thousands to listen to the next episode. I'm sure. All right, uh, that's going to wrap up today's uh, episode. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We have a lot of fun doing this. Hopefully, you're enjoying it. Please send us your suggestions. Please try to subscribe, rate, and review if you can as well. It, it means a lot to us. Uh, and we'll be back at you again next week as the uh, playoffs continue or begin as they commence next week. Thanks for listening to Gaming Golf. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.